Hello? Hey, Sulem, are you on? <laughs> yes, I'm here. Had to come to a choir. Okay. Okay. First of all, I want to welcome all my listeners and, and thank them for their support. Um, this is my fifth episode, and it's one that I was really looking forward to for many reasons. Uh, uh, our history, and as much as I'm going to love it, I know it's going to be very difficult for both of us, but... Um, but I really want to, I want the listeners to get to know not only our relationship, I want them to get to know Sulem, the person, Sulem, the boxer, Sulem, the businesswoman. How are you today? I'm, I'm here. I'm excited to be here with you. You know, like you said, we have, we have our history. We've, we've been friends for quite some time now and um, have held each other up through our ups and downs so I'm always excited to be here t- speaking with you and how are you holding up with this uh COVID-19 and quarantine uh-huh. it's it's up and down <laughs> I mean I have my good days I have my bad I'm just totally over it it's just you know it's it's very difficult for us a lot of us um you know we stay active for a reason I feel like if I don't stay active, if the gym, if I, I just feel terrible, I feel depressed, I feel horrible. You know, it's a way it's my out when I when I'm in the gym training. So it's it's very difficult to, you know, just be stuck at home and only being able to do so much because at the end of the day, you can only do so much at home. You know, you don't really have all the I I don't have gym equipment in my home. It's something that I go to the gym to do. So it's, it's yeah. difficult for me to, you know, I have my husband. He can do pad work with me, but that's pretty much it. <laughs> and and boxers in general are having a hard time. But me personally, I feel women, it may be a little tougher because as it is, it's hard to get fights. And when boxing starts, you, everybody's going to want to get those first fights. But where are the women going to be? Can the, I mean, women We're gonna should get pushed be- back. We're going to get pushed back. And, um. We don't know when we're going to be fighting again. I mean, I was fortunate enough that I fought again in uh, the beginning of the year. So that was good. But now I don't even know when I'll be up there again. And I don't know when this will be over. Well, when boxing will start back up. When, you know, the whole world is on pause right now. Nobody really knows anything. Right, right. We just have to have patience and faith. That's it. But... that's something that I believe that we're lacking right now. You know, we're sitting here listening to all the, all the media, all the, you know, it's, it's, it, it gets to be kind of depressing to just turn on the TV and all you hear is COVID-19. That's it. That's all that's, you know, pressed on you. You know, you have to have faith. A lot of people are lacking faith. They're going crazy binge buying and doing all kinds of stupid things that when people fall into panic is only going to hurt our neighbor you know at the end of the day we gotta help each other we gotta uplift each other and we gotta have faith in god that you know everything will be okay it's so funny you say that because on friday i went to the grocery store and uh most of the milk was on clearance for a dollar 47 you know that milk is not a dollar 47 <laughs> but because it was gonna expire like within two days but it's because everybody was binge buying that the stores overbought stuff and now they have to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's acting the wrong way. At the end of the day, if let's say I buy all the things for my home, you know, I buy all the mm-hmm. bleach, I buy everything. And then my neighbor doesn't have any, so he can't, you know, properly take care of himself. I'm going to get it too because my neighbor had it, you know? <laughs> You're right. You're right. But let's go. Let's go to our story now. Let, yes. We'll talk enough. Enough about the the <laughs> coronavirus. True. Um, I I knew about you and your family through through mutual family that we know that haven't seen them in years. Uh, Jimmy and Leah. Um, you remember them? I don't know if you still keep in touch with of them. Of course, uh, Jimmy and Leah. They live like ten minutes away from me. Yeah, great, beautiful They're family, beautiful and I. Family, yes. I love how detallista she is, and I remember she was baking you. I think it was a Snickerdoodle pie or oh something my God. like. That. 
That snickerdoodle pie tasted like heaven. (laughs) Yeah, so I have a good memory. And I remember having that conversation with her. And, you know, uh, it was under under horrible circumstances. But um, when she told me that she's like, I'm making her a snickerdoodle cake because I feel like, you know, at least she wanted to do something for you. And I told her, I said, what can I do? What can I do to help? And and she's like, I don't know. I mean, it, it's a bad situation. And uh, I ended up saying, you know what? Let's do a giveaway. I'm working with Brandon. Let's do a glove. I think we did a, a little glove or something, you know, to, to help your family. But end of the day, it was probably the most horrible moment in your family. And n- many of us cannot even uh, try to compare. Um, you lost your brother. Yes, um, it's been, it's going to be this September, it'll be seven years that my little brother, he was only 17 years old, he had such a bright future, he was a, a Team USA member, a boxer also, striving for the Olympics, and you're a great kid with a great smile and a great attitude, such very loving and caring, and you know, one day in, in March of 2013, we lose him because two people broke into our home and he was there and and they hurt him so bad that he was gone and I can honestly say that's been the the most horrible time in my life it's 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 hard to explain how much you know it hurt our family and it still hurts our family to this day but uh if there's something beautiful like you say a lot of people came together for my brother and my family and helped us out so much you know all all the fundraising and everything we did for for his funeral expenses and it was just beautiful to see so many people in the boxing community i didn't even know you nancy and and i mean you did give away and and it helped out our family so much and i appreciated it so much thank you and um and you've you've vowed you're you're basically um, I mean your your boxing career is yours. You were boxing before this incident happened. You were part of uh, Team Mexico, right? Yes, I um I've been boxing since I was years old, like uh, seriously. And I boxed a little when I was ten years old, but not too much. And and when he passed, I just I I fell into it really really it was. I wanted to make him proud. And, and that's what I was going to. I feel like your career is a huge part of keeping his memory alive. For you, Alexis, is your hashtag all the time. And I every time I post about you, I always include that. When, uh, what when does my, that mean to you, for you Alexis? You know, when, when he passed away, I, I was lost. I mean, it was... I can seriously say I, I wasn't myself for the first four years of being gone. I, um, I don't know. I, I lost myself. I was depressed. You know, the only thing that kept me going was remembering him and, you know, remembering his voice, his smile, the little, uh, all, the little order one takes for granted. Those things kept me going. <laughs> One day, you know, I, I fought a month after my brother passed away, if that. And wow. um, I I fought because that's where I felt like I felt him closest. And mm-hmm. and I felt like I was doing it for him. You know, I was, you know, every time I won, I would uh, raise my hands, point at the sky. And, you know, I was dedicating it to him. And I thought I was like, I'm going to create this hashtag for him and, and everything about him. I'm going to hashtag for you, Alexis. And that's how, how it came about. And, you know, the the hashtag really got out there. And um, there's even a, a movie about a documentary, a short film about it. And it's called For You, Alexis. Because, you know, I love talking about my, my brother. He's, he's, uh, he's living through your career. And it's kind of like a partnership that you have with him. Because every time you fight, Sulem... Every time you win, I swear, your eyes, I could see him in your eyes. I can feel that you're looking at him. Uh, every time I win, it's it's so emotional for me because I just, I want to cry. I want to cry. I'm crying there in front of everybody and 
I'm sitting there and I'm, you know, my hands being raised and I'm up and I'm wishing he was right there with me and I'm imagining him being there with me, you know, because he always wanted to see me as. So it's just he gives me that extra motivation. He gives me that extra push. He's gone, but he's always in my heart and in my mind. And I just, you know, I I want to people to know that you can go through a tragedy and and make something positive out of it. Right. And going through that that tragedy, Sulem. Obviously, you were devastated. How were you able to help your your mom particularly go through it? You know, um, say that parents are 100%. Um, you know, I and it took a, a huge part of me. And they lost their son. My mother carried him in, in her womb. I can't explain what that is. I'm not a mother. But I know that my parents changed. My parents aren't the happiest people. Uh, they'll have a good day here and there, but a lot of days are bad days. They're, I can honestly say they've pretty much given up on life. My dad, uh, he was uh, drinking a lot. He became an alcoholic, and it's, it's really hard. I mean, it's... Uh, so it's not something that you, it's not something you, you move on, uh, you know, I mean, time does not heal. It's something that you guys are still dealing with day by day. Day by day, you know, you sit, I, I spend as much time as with my parents as I can. I try to, my best mm-hmm. to make them happy, but it's just, it doesn't help. Um, I mean, you, you'll have a good hour or so, and then all of a sudden, something will come up linked to my brother Alexis and and it just turns into a, a sad conversation and my parents start crying and they're just sad all the time. They're very, very sad people. And, But um, I heard your mom, I don't know what fight I was watching, mm-hmm. Re- maybe one of your last three fights, maybe mm-hmm. your last fight, I swear I could hear your mom screaming through the, my through mom- the TV. My mom is the happiest person during those <laughs> 30 minutes of boxing, whatever fight she's watching. And if she's watching me... Do you know which me, fight I'm talking about? Yes. Actually, that was my that was my last fight. And that was the uh-huh. first time she saw me as a pro because I made really? my debut in the U.S. And she had never been... Uh, she was never able to go see me in Mexico. Wow. So, so how did that she, feel for you to have her there? Oh, man. I felt, I felt that extra push. I was like... I could hear my mom say, we all, we all heard your mom. <laughs> she's like, Pone la esquina. she's like, she's, she's a huge, huge boxing fan. She was so happy. And you know, I walked in with my brother's corrido. Uh-huh. Oh, I just, I, I can feel the emotion. She's sitting a few, a few aisles from the ring and I could feel her, you know? And, She just felt I was remembering him and it made me so happy that she was there and she was seeing that, you know, he's not being forgotten. You know, he's he's carried in my heart and I keep him present and she just she loves that. So, you know, her being there watching boxing, she feels alive. If I can offer her that that little hour of happiness, I'm going to do it and I'm going to bust my butt to make her proud up there. You know, she's she motivates me a lot and I want her to to be happy I wanted her to see me with a belt around my waist so that my brother could have done it too she will I, I know she will you know it's just like this we we gotta keep the faith but listening to your mom and Mauricio always says how you, he loves your mom <laughs> <laughs> my, my mom loves him too oh my god it's so met right away oh my god they just sat and spoke for hours and anytime Mauricio's in town my mom sees him she's they're really good friends and it's just you know when when she's around boxing like that and people positive people like that she she forgets about being sad she forgets for that little moment you know and and that makes my heart smile that makes me happy that makes me that's everything to me And she wasn't there for an event that we did a few years ago, Happy and Holiday, where I asked Mauricio if we could please honor your brother. 
um, I don't I know if you remember, it was in a high school. There was a lot of champions. Uh, of Do you course remember? I remember. Yes, of course. <laughs> I, I have my, my little mini green belt. And <laughs> and, yeah. and I told Mauricio the story. And of course, you know, he was de- he said, yeah, yeah, definitely. Let's, let's do that. I think that was probably one of our first pictures together, Sulem. Yeah, it was. It was. I remember the first time I ever spoke with you, I said, Miss Nancy Rodriguez. <laughs> Respeto. <laughs> El respeto. No, I'm like, hey, and then girl. we're drinking together. And then we're drinking together in the Philippines. Just I kidding, know. she doesn't drink. <laughs> well, I didn't, I didn't like it. Remember, I gave it back to you. I was like, no. I'll drink for both of us. <laughs> both of us. But, but yeah, it made me so happy to see you receive that in honor of your brother, Sulem, and, and knowing that the WBC has your family's back. They have every fighter's back. But that day, it was about your brother. It was. And honestly, um, it's, it's a connection that I feel. I feel it, it's family. It's family. You know, I've they've my back since I was an amateur. Not anybody can say that. I mean, they just, I feel to be a part of the WBC family, even though I'm not a champion. But, but you are. Be. You're part of I our family. Be. You are. But yeah, and, and I feel the love, you know, the way yeah. he, my family with such respect and mucho cariño. That means a lot to me, and I'm gonna get my belt pretty soon. And, I'm gonna and, get my belt, <laughs> <laughs> and um, and your brother is gonna live, you know, through through this, through this sport, through through you, and you know, as long as. I can. I'll keep on pushing, you know, his movie. I don't know. Is it available for people to see or how can people watch for you, Alexis? It is available. Actually, I post it quite often on, on my Instagram. It's on my uh, bio. And I also also I will also put it on, on my um, Insta story. And you can just swipe up. Um, I'll send you the link also so you can uh, have it. It's on the uh, DouglasGordonFilm.com. Okay. But, um, but yeah, you can go to my Instagram and it'll be there. You should try to put it on Amazon Prime. I should. I just, yeah. I, honestly, I don't really know how to do anything <laughs> like that. I'll send you some information. <laughs> but um, okay, so you know, so let's let's move on. And then you know that happened, and then I remember getting a a really sad text from you one time. I think you were in Buenos Aires, Argentina. Yeah. We were still an amateur. It was really fucked up what they did to you. Yeah. Do you want to talk about it? Yeah, I mean, uh, Mexico, uh, the feder- the box- Mexican Boxing Federation is, you know, they want you living in, in Mexico at the Olympic Center almost practically the whole year. Throughout my last uh, Olympic cycle, I practically spent nine months out of the year out in Mexico City, staying there, and and it it's very difficult. But and remember, at the time, you're married. let the listeners know you're married, so you're leaving your husband all that time. I'm leaving my husband, and my brother had just died, so I left my whole family, and I was mourning by myself. I mean, it was it was so hard. I went through such darkness out there by myself, and my in my room in a country that, uh, being honest, I mean, I left the U.S. at 18 years old going to Mexico, but I had never lived in Mexico. So it was all different to me. It was new to me. And, you never um, Mexico, Sulem, because I, got a, I haven't posted all the questions, but I got a question saying, to, uh, ask her to tell us some of her memories in Hermosillo. Yeah, I lived, I was born in Hermosillo and I was very little when we came to the U.S., but um, when I lived in Hermosillo, I, I remember the little house that we lived in. And um, I, I used to live in, a, in, in La Colonia Apache. And um, I remember the streets and all the kids pay, playing outside. And I don't know if any of you know the Fariseos. Fariseos, they're a religion of people. I don't really know too much about them, but they wear masks. They wear masks and they have drums. And they go on around the street and they're banging the drums. I was terrified of them. That's that's one of the only memories I have. I wonder if they're like Mormons or something. I don't know. No, they're they're their own thing. They're called they call them fariseos. 
and um, they, like I said, they wear these big masks, masks made out of um, skin. I don't know. They're just weird and scary to me mm-hmm. at that time when I was little. Yeah. And we're all, all the kids were all playing on the street with, and uh, the whole neighborhood's outside. As soon as we hear those drums coming around the corner, everybody goes inside. And I remember <laughs> just, you know, going inside and looking out through the window, just peeping because I was terrified of the Oh my gosh, I would be too. <laughs> uh-huh. And then, I, and then I, was, I was like four, like almost five, and my parents decided to come to the U.S., so I did cross to the U.S. undocumented, illegally, if you might say. Um, I still remember when, you know, venía la migra and my mom's like, tírate calladita. Aww. <laughs> you know, those are the little memories that I have. But um, so I, I lived here in, in the U.S. undocumented my whole life. And at 19 years old, I decided to leave and um, you know, really I wasn't able to come back. Before you go, go on... My mom, oh, I'm going to remind her, I'm going to call her after this. Mm-hmm. Whenever, cuando no me portaba bien, me decía, vale más que te portes bien porque le voy a llamar a la migra y tú no tienes papel. Girl, I was born in Oxnard. <laughs> I was so scared that the migra was going to come get me. <laughs> that is, ser- that, that's scary right there. <laughs> but I was little, so I, I'm like, they're going to come from, I don't even know who la migra, but. Te portaba bien. <laughs> But anyways, so once you went over there, you couldn't come back? No, I left because I couldn't compete here in the U.S. because I wasn't a citizen. And I was like, I'm going to become a national champion. I don't care how or what. I'm going to do it. And I left. I remember when I crossed the border, I look over at the USA border. I was like, I'm never going to be able to come back. (laughs) You're like, should I cross or not? Uh, but you know what? I left and I competed at nationals and I was called for the Olympic Center to the Olympic mm-hmm. Center and I became part of the team and I kicked butt and I got my international experience. If it wasn't because of boxing, I would have never even gotten on a plane. Really? Boxing is the was what opened the doors for me. For my my first my very first international competition was in Brazil. I I'm wow. a little girl, undocumented. From Phoenix, living in from Hermosillo, living in Phoenix. I never thought I was gonna be in Brazil. Illegally, living in Phoenix illegally, right? Illegally. Traveling the world. Yeah. Traveling the world. Boxing yeah. has helped you travel the world. I, I mean, I've I've seen you in Mexico mm-hmm. and in Philippines. I'm sure you've gone a lot more places than I have. I've I've gone all over America, and it's something that I'm just I'm amazed because I never imagined that as a as a kid I never thought about that and then you know if it wasn't for boxing I wouldn't have met such amazing people it's it's one of the great things about boxing so let's go back to what happened Uh to you in Argentina so okay I um I was I I was number one in Mexico for four years five Mm -hmm. years if you want to say add the past one um and nobody ever beat me uh, to be on the national team. To be on the national team, I was always number one. Any elim- elimination, everything, every box off, I always won. Every national, I always won. Um, and I went to our Argentina, and there was some problems going on between the Mexican Federation and CONADE. CONADE is like the head honcho that runs all sports. And, I remember, uh, yeah. And... Uh, our federation, you know, typical, there's somebody stealing money. Mm-hmm. So they're accusing, I believe, the federation of not being able to present 23 years worth of, you know, uh, receipts or whatever of, of money, of where's the mm-hmm. where had the money gone. So they told the federation to step down, that they mm-hmm. would take control. And if they didn't step down, then Cornade was going to stop um, helping boxing, which meant funding, no more funding for boxing. So the president did step down, so boxing was officially not funded. Mm-hmm. Uh, me as an athlete, I, wasn't, I was no longer going to be able to receive my monthly money 
things mm-hmm. like that started happening and the Olympic qualifiers started coming about and we had to figure out a way for us to get some international competition in, uh, before the trials and it was you know the 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 federation helped us out somehow and then our families every athlete's family helped out and you know a lot of friends helped me out and raised money for me to be able to compete and stuff and then Argentina the qualifier comes about and the state of Sonora helped me with my plane ticket my family helped me with my money for my food and you know everybody pitched in a little bit but basically the athletes paid their own way to be able to go to these Olympic qualifiers Mm-hmm. And then we were struggling in Argentina. It wasn't great. Uh, none of us from Team Mexico really had too much, too much money. But um, mm-hmm. we made it there. I ended up losing, uh, I believe, on the third day to Ginny Fuge. And mm-hmm. so I was eliminated from the qualifier because we were going to qualify. So I didn't make it to the finals. And um, after that, you know, I come city we still have another another um, trial to attend which is the world qualifier and I tell mm-hmm. I tell them you know you guys I'm not happy with the way I'm trained here um, you know I've been here for four years it hasn't worked you know when I first arrived I was getting nothing but gold medals they went gold then the following year I was starting to get silver at international competitions and then this last time, I mean, I didn't even medal. So I believe my, my level is going down with the training here. And since I'm paying my mm-hmm. own way to the world championships, I have a sponsor to, that will pay for me to go to the world championships. I would like to train home. They mm-hmm. said, uh, no, we can't allow that. Allow that because if we allow you, then we're going to have to allow everybody else. So I stepped down from my spot. And he said, to do once you leave the team? I said, well, maybe I'll go home and you know train so mm-hmm. he calls his secretary into the room and he says hey come start writing uh, we're gonna do uh, La Carta de Baja de Sulem and he starts say- he starts dictating this letter he starts saying I am Sulem Urbina and I am uh, with- withdrawing my myself from the national Mexican team I will be going back to the United States to study it was a, that was what I said, but he missed the concept of it. You know, he missed the part that to be trained by somebody else. Everything, whatever. I was old, so I signed the paper. Then I leave, and I find out that they gave my spot to somebody else that wasn't even in my division, that wasn't training at the Olympic Center, doing everything that I asked for, and that never even boxed off. You know, they practically mm-hmm. sold my spot for money because Sinaloa practically backs up the Federacion with whatever it is that they need. So yeah. I I actually I sued them. Um there's a lot of politics and, and, and the guy knows his way around around it. So obviously I lost but you know uh mm-hmm. I did everything I could and they did me wrong. I was their athlete. I was there. I was number one. I should have been given that opportunity and they just took it from me. How did you feel at that moment? Like if you leave leave everything aside emotionally, how were you doing? I, I was torn I was torn up. I mean, I, I cried. I I felt I was heartbroken. I mean, had it been somebody that was there at the Olympic Center training there that was my number two there was a girl that was there helping me the whole time and she even trained there they didn't even give her the mm-hmm. opportunity you know that it wasn't fair it's not right but you know I'm the number one athlete I ask for something and I I can't even be heard but somebody else comes in waving money and it's okay yeah. so I I felt done I mean felt completely done with um amateur boxing and I I did all I could with what I was given so there's no question mm-hmm. about that I'm proud that I so did when you, went, huh? when you go home and you face your parents and you face your husband what do you say to them well my my parents they they were proud of me they said it doesn't matter and you know they were they were proud of me my husband has always had my my back he's 
he's been there through the worst times of my life and he's always you know uh, backed me up and he said you know what whatever we'll move on and we'll turn pro and it's time to get those belts so just turn the page and here comes Sulem and she turns pro <laughs> I, t I turned pro <laughs> I turned pro and, and it was I mean I turned pro in Mexico because I, I had signed with Samper and mm -hmm. and Mexico is a very 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 you know they're the most passionate fans ever and right and they and you were televised if I remember correctly yeah I, I debuted as a co-main event on Azteca I mean they made a they did a a, a great job uh, with my with the beginning of my career I mean I mean I think like eight fights of mine were televised on on national TV and I mean I had my my little rough start in the pros because I had that amateur style really engraved in me and <laughs> and Mexico they don't like that <laughs> Yeah, they want to see a brawl. They want to see blood. Yeah. And Mexico's <laughs> passionate. They will eat you up alive. So I understood it. I mean, but I've been making my adjustments. Every fight I've gotten better. And, you know, I'm happy about the progress I've made. I saw you fight in Mexico. I saw you fight in Tijuana and the fans loved you. Yeah. That was, by, that was like, I think, my ninth fight. But the first, I mean, they liked me in my first fight. I had, like, my third and fourth fight, they didn't like me so much. <laughs> the commentators <laughs> hated me, and people ate it up. But it was okay. I mean, it's made me grow. And, and I think you're really smart because you're not... You're one of the... There's very few fighters that do this, and I really wish more would understand how important it is. And at the WBC convention in the Philippines, it's something we talked about. You really know that you as a fighter male or female you need to promote yourself and that's something you've done head on your outfits are always on point your <laughs> sponsors your sexiness Sulem is sexy if you guys don't follow her follow her at Sulem Urbina and you will see a, you will get a little bit of a piece of a sexy woman there <laughs> Here, here's the thing I feel like a lot of uh, female athletes athletes believe that they can't show their sexy side because then it takes away from their talent I don't, I don't believe that mm -hmm. at all. I know I'm talented. Mm -hmm. When I go up to fight, I wear no makeup. I'm in my uniform and I'm ready to go. But you look like a beast. Yeah, but but outside of that, oh, I love my heels. I love my eyelashes, my hair done, my nails. I'm, I love dressing up, and I'm, I'm not gonna apologize for wearing a bikini at a weigh-in because I look sexy and I like looking sexy and I like feeling happy and. And me getting dressed up before a weigh-in takes away from, you know, me being all thirsty before the weigh-in. <laughs> you know, I get dressed up and I distract myself a little bit and I check myself out and I'm happy about it. And, you know, it distracts me a little bit from being so thirsty and hungry. And you and a few other female fighters, women fighters, uh, did a video over the weekend that has done so good. I know that on my page on Supreme Boxing, it, I, we got so much props for that, where you guys are boxing, you know, hitting the bag or whatever, and then boom, you turn into the sexy woman. That video is amazing. I, I loved it. You know, uh, Franchon Cruz was, uh, was the director of the video so she was the one with the whole idea she's awesome she i was tweeting i was like i'm i'm bored i was tweeting about it she's <laughs> like i can help with that and i'm like okay i'm gonna message her and i messaged her and she's like yeah i have this idea and she told uh -huh. me about it i was like i'm so down i got dressed up like i think it was like last wednesday i got all dressed uh -huh. up and i did my hair and i put my heels on and everything and i felt fabulous it was like for 15 <laughs> seconds but it was good <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome and and i don't know if you saw but it did so good on supreme boxing it did very well and that's the thing it's like instagram facebook twitter all these things you know it, it's free advertising for you it's you, yeah. you it's no it's there's nothing wrong with you you know promoting yourself on all this social media it's you need to be able to sell tickets if people if If fans don't know you for whatever reason, it doesn't matter how talented you are. You're never going to really get out there, you know? You're not going to get on those big cards. You're not going to 
you can't just be talented. You gotta have other things. You gotta be the whole package for a promoter to be interested in you. Right, right. And we, you know, I I've been following you since I met you. What? How many years ago? Seven years Seven ago. Seven years ago. You said? Yeah. Seven years ago. And let me tell you guys, go go back because this woman has some sexy <laughs> pictures, and I have no idea how her husband deals with it. How does Andy deal with it? Oh, he's he's super cool. <laughs> he doesn't even. He's like the least. No le queda de otra. No le queda de otra. I'll beat him up. Nah, he's 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 super relaxed. He doesn't even like. He's not jealous at all. I mean, I'm I, I'm he's I'm married to him, so. It's like whatever. <laughs> yeah. For, for those of you that don't know, her trainer is her husband. I mean, they basically spend 24-7 together. How, how do you make it work as far as a relationship? Give us some relationship advice, Selim, for those of us that can't, can't hang in a relationship. Compromise. Don't say anything. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> shut up. No, I'm just kidding. Um... You know, it's hard. It's hard, especially with him being my coach. Sometimes he's a total mean guy, I'm going to say. <laughs> he's he's really mean in the gym, you know. But, you know, at the end of the day, I know that he, he just wants what's best for me. He's been my coach for 13 years now. So um, I, I understand him. I, I understand his lingo already, and I know his body language. So when he gives me a certain look, I know that I have to stand. You know, it's an understanding as husband and wife, but as athlete and coach, you know, and we understand each other very well. Um, I have my tough days in the gym with him sometimes. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I don't even want to see him. You know, he <laughs> yells at me really bad and he kicks me out of the gym. He he will kick me out of the gym every once in a while. Are you tell us about tell us about a time he kicked you out of the gym? Uh, if he has not, not too long ago. It happens almost every time I fight. <laughs> I'm getting ready to fight. Um, we were doing pad work and, you know, he wasn't liking how I was performing. And he does a lot of mental training. He tries to get in. He mm -hmm. he tries to get into my head all the time and mess with me. And if I'm mental, if I'm break down, he he he'll let me have it. So um, one day I wasn't performing in the gym. I can't recall exactly what it was, but we was like 12 rounds of pads. And he kept asking me, mm -hmm. what does it take? What does it take? And I kept answering him and answering him. And he, I wasn't giving him the right answer. Mm -hmm. So finally, I think the 12th round, I just said confidence. And then he took off his pads and he told me, get the hell out of here. <laughs> wow. And, and, and with worse <laughs> words, I'm just keeping it PG right now. No, no, no. Tell us, tell us the words. We want to know. Vete mucho a la chingada, me dijo. No, no quieres hacer caso, no quieres escuchar, no quieres hacer nada, lárgate. A la, así me dice, él me manda la fregada. So he sends me really? off and, you know, he, he yells at me really hard. And, but, you know. As a fighter, does that help you though? I'm sorry? As a fighter, does that help you? Yeah, because I work good when I'm pissed off. <laughs> I work great under pressure. Um. What did he want you to answer? What was the right answer? It was confidence. It was confidence. He wanted me to say confidence. Um, you know, he changes it up every time. You know, that sometimes. But you said yeah, it. Yeah, well, I didn't say it till like the 12th round, though. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so he kicked me out of the gym. And you know what? Um, I kind of drive the same car, so it's not like I can leave. So <laughs> he kicks me out and, you know, I go away for him in the car and the drive home is like so awkward and weird and I'm pissed off. I'm like heated, you know, you know, because yeah, no sex tonight. You're like, no sex nope. tonight. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then I'm, I'm, he I'm heated. I'm pissed off. So I won't talk to him on, on the drive home. But, you know, it's it's something that I have to learn. He's not yelling. He's trying to tell me something. Mm -hmm. I gotta, I can't hear the yells. I gotta hear the word, the the words that he's saying, you know. And um, so I get home and you know I I don't really talk to him. If I'm if I'm having a bad day with him, I don't talk to him. I cook him his meal though mm -hmm. because my mother always taught me no matter what, 
if you're mad at each other in your relationship, you always cook your man his meal. So I, I get home, mm. I cook his meal, I serve his plate, and I tell him it's ready, and then I come to bed. <laughs> and I just leave him out there eating by himself. <laughs> oh my goodness. How do you separate the trainer from the husband and the man? You know, you love your trainer, you love your husband, but how do you separate? Like, how can you have sex with your trainer? <laughs> I... Like, I, I don't know I, I think I think boxing's my life you know and um, he mm-hmm. there's nobody that understands me like he does and we're passionate about boxing mm-hmm. and he's very understanding with me if I'm very tired then I don't do anything and if you know like vice versa and um, it's just mm-hmm. I think I was made for him and he was made for me and we have that connection and even if we were He's he's older than I am, and even if mm-hmm. we were born in a different era, I think we would still find each other because we are so much alike and we just click. I don't know. I think he's and uh-huh. me, he's the one. Let me tell you guys, my listeners, Sulem got a tattoo and probably the most painful area of your body. <laughs> when I saw that, I was like, "What the fuck?" Like. I just like my foot hurt when I saw your tattoo, Sulem. Tell them, tell them about that. So uh, my husband's name is Andrew, but we all call him Andy. And so I got the um, Andy tattooed like on Toy Story, exactly the same writing on the bottom of my right foot. But it didn't even hurt, Nancy. It just tickled. <laughs> it didn't hurt. It didn't hurt at all. It just tickled. It's so sensitive. Mm-mm. I didn't feel anything. Yo me pego en el pie y lloro. Y miro estrellitas y Me todo. gusta la mala vida. <laughs> I see that. I see that. Jeez. But, but I mean, that's really cute. I mean, if you guys haven't seen it, go to her Instagram. She posted it. And it is it is really cute because I love Toy Story and the meaning for it. I remember you. Tell them why you got it. Well, I got it because, you know... I'm, he's my coach. I'm, he's my husband. You know, I'm his boxer. And soy su Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> did he get bar- Did he get a Barbie type of Sulem? Um, he, you, he, wants, he told me that he wants to get a portrait of me when I win my oh. world title. Oh. That, okay. You got to go live when you do that, when, he, when that happens. Because it's going to happen. Yeah. It's going to happen. He, he wants to get a so, portrait with me and my, my green belt. And now, Sulem, so you're pro. The last few fights, we've seen you on the zone um, with Golden Boy. I don't know if you're signed to them or not. Are you? Not yet. This coronavirus kind of stopped everything. <laughs> Damn Corona. Damn Rona. But, um, but I did get a question, and I'm gonna, I think right now is the appropriate time to ask you. If you could pick one of these two women to fight next, who would it be? And I already know you know who it's, who I'm going to ask you. But here it goes. Marlon or Sanisa? I think we're all going to fight each other. But um, I think Marlon and I have some unfinished business from the amateur. <gasps> we um, we fought each other. You guys have We fought. fought each other in the in the amateurs three times. And actually, she beat me three times. Um, mm-hmm. I thought the fights were very close. Very, I mean, we got best fight of the night on uh, our first fight she had she was already national champion and it was my fifth fight I believe when I fought her and it, mm-hmm. we got fight of the night so you can mm-hmm. imagine how great of a fight and I think Marlene and I kind of made for each other we made each other we make each other look good it's always a really good fight really there's a there's a link on YouTube from our last fight I found uh, mm-hmm. So if you guys want to look it up, Sulem Rubina versus Marlena Esparza, we always go at it. But um, really, you know, I've always gotten along great with Marlene, but uh, not too long ago, a picture was posted on so- social media about a, a possible matchup between her and I. And I'm mm-hmm. always very respectful. I try to, you know, play nice and just, you know, I said, oh, that would be a great matchup and this and that. And um and all of a sudden, she comes out saying, oh, she doesn't want that fight. It was already offered for her to her, and she turned it down, something like that. Like, coming off 
Mm-hmm. I didn't like the way she came off. So I'm like, you know what? Really, like... I, I think I text you because I had heard something like, like that. Like, I'm here. I'm playing it cool. And she comes off like that. Like, that's just messed up, you know? And so mm-hmm. she said that I didn't want that fight anytime soon. So, I mean, mm-hmm. hey, it has to happen. We can't just keep talking on social and, media. And just to make things clear and, you know, transparent... Um, you were you were in between contracts at that mm-hmm. time. I remember it was last year around our Green Belt Challenge. Yeah, it remember? was last year around the Green Belt Challenge. I mean, I think they called me like two, three weeks before the fight. They called uh, Sanford, mm-hmm. and uh, Sanford uh-huh. called me to fight Marlene. And I was ending my. I was like, mm-hmm. I was. Uh, I needed like two more months to finish my contract with Sanford. And if I take mm-hmm. a fight. And I win a fight like that, then my contract is extended for another three years. So I mm-hmm. didn't want to be with Sanford anymore, and um, I couldn't take that fight. And uh, it was it just wasn't the right time. And not because you didn't like them, because they they did showcase you, but because you wanted to fight more in the states, was, right? There was little things that happened with between us. I I am very appreciative of the way they started off my career, but. Um, you know, after I was already nine and oh, and I was still fighting in Mexico, they never brought me to the states, and it was just little things that added up. But I'm I'm very thankful for them for the way they carried me, and and I will always be thankful for that. But uh, it just wasn't the right time to fight Marlene. You're a, you're a big name in in the lower divisions, and can you fluctuate in weight? Can you be Flyweight, super flyweight, light flyweight. Uh, I can't. Can you I, can, I can't go under flyweight. Um, that's the lowest that I go. I, you know, I've had my weight mm-hmm. issues. If I don't take care of myself, I'll be a, uh, I'll be fighting Errol Spence. You know. Tell us, tell us about your most horrible experience oh. making weight. Mari told us last week it was oh, bad. I, it was terrible. I've had a few. I throughout the the amateurs when my brother passed away. I, that was the way I coped with with losing him. I was eating. And I ballooned up to 140 pounds. And I fight at 112 pounds. No. I, I was I was all kind no. of... No. 140? I was fat. Can you post a picture of you yeah. at 140? <laughs> I'll, I'll send this to you. It's, it's awesome. Sick. You're sick, you guys. Oh, it, it was bad. Oh, it, I had the worst weight drop in my life I never struggled so much it was like a whole lot of running I was running like 10 miles a day it was terrible then I finally dropped the weight and I was at the Central Americans uh at the Central American competition and every day you know I dropped the weight I finally weigh in and I was literally weighing in naked already because I couldn't I could barely touch 51 kilograms so I would strip down completely naked and dry the nights before I couldn't even sleep I was I would toss and turn I would wake up in the morning and amateurs you have to weigh in every day so every time I wake up I wake up in the morning I work out before going to my weigh-in and then I weigh in and then I would fight and I would cut weight again after I fought and I would cut weight again the next morning I was only eating once a day and every day I would gain six pounds just eating once so it was it was horrible for me. I mean, that was actually that last time that I fought Marlene. That was I was struggling the mm-hmm. night before and the morning of. I cut six pounds. When? How much does that affect you in the ring? Having trouble I, making it weight. It takes your legs. It takes your legs. Your reaction. Your strength. Um, I just think that I wanted to fight Marlene really bad. That I looked that good. <laughs> so I I mean. <laughs> I think Corazón Mexicano sale, you know, but I was really, really fatigued. So when I, lo- I lost in the semis, I was kind of, I was okay. I was relieved. <laughs> and then I started eating and I ate a lot and I ballooned up like by the next day, I was like yeah. 126. And we have a meeting with the Federation wow. and they're like, you're leaving tomorrow to compete at Dominican Republic. And I was, my heart just sunk. My heart sunk. I was like, I got to oh, do this God. all over again. Like, in a few days so you know what i got to dominican republic i'm losing weight or whatever and it's kind of warm and look this is what i would wear under my suit i would wear the little um 
They're like little pajamas, the thermos. I would wear thermos. Uh-huh. Then I would wear this uh, diving, uh, one of those uh, thermal suits that you dive with. And then after what? that, uh-huh. the and then after that, I wear a sauna suit. And then I, after that, I would put on my sweats and my su- hoodie. It was. Did you ever faint? I well, here that that's where I'm going to. You know, I get I get to Dominican Republic. I'm starving the whole way there. I don't drink any water, nothing. I get to Dominican Republic, and you know, I'm like, ni modo, le voy a echar ganas. You know, positive attitude. You know, nunca me rajo. So I get there, and I'm, I'm they yeah. have me jumping rope, doing pads. You know, I do a long workout to try and lose the the weight. And I tell my coach, I'm like, mm-hmm. coach, I think I'm good. I think I'm good. So like, all right, let's go check your weight. And then uh, he said, I checked my weight and I'm still one pound over and my heart just dropped and, and I sat down and I started dry crying because I couldn't even cry. I sat down. <laughs> Shed a tear. It wouldn't even come out Nothing the water from your eyes. Out. I was dry crying. I was like, oh, no, I can't. Oh, I can't. Yeah. Dude, it was horrible. My, like, Literally. I just felt done, you know? You know, Joselito, uh, amateur Olympian, Joselito Velasquez and Raul Cougar, they were right there with me. And they're like, ¿Qué tienes? I'm like, ya no puedo, ya no puedo. It was Aww. horrible. It was horrible. And the fans don't know that. The fans don't understand the struggle. It's, huh? it's something that not a lot of people see, you know? You know, I, was, I, I wrote about this not too long ago. The fans only care about when they see you up there in front of the, all those lights and what the result is. They don't care about anything that happens before or after or nothing. They don't care if you were injured, if nothing. Nothing matters to the fans. That's all they see and that's all they care about is going up there and performing. I think in all sports, and, and I think a lot of people will agree with me, boxing fans are very different than NFL fans baseball fans, basketball fans, because those fans support win or lose. But boxing fans, man, they jump on bandwagons and jump off boxing like crazy. Boxing fans are very passionate. They're, they'll eat you up alive. I swear, it's just... Mm-hmm. You have to... I mean, and you know, it's it's okay. It's okay because at the end of the day, fans make you. At the end of the day, fans are the ones that get you to be up there, you know? So if, if fans couldn't have an opinion, then everything would be done behind closed doors and no cameras. So fans have a right to have their opinion. You as an athlete, you decide what you listen to and what you throw away. Right, right. I've spoken to some fighters that would would not look at their Instagram because sometimes the fans' comments are, are very oh, difficult to read. They're very, very bad. I... I I suffered from being... I was like cyberbullying. Cyberbullying? That's stupid. That's lame. Oh, I once I went once I went through it, yeah. I understood it. I mean, they made memes of me, all kinds mm-hmm. of stuff. They make memes of me too, Sulem. They call me the Black Pants <laughs> Mafia. It's fuck? crazy, man. <laughs> hey, you're famous. <laughs> There's a hashtag yeah. after me. They're ruthless, man. Oh, man. Imagine if you did. They are. Shit, I know. But, you know, um, Natalie Mares, la esposa de Abner Mares, she got really, really bad cyberbullied. And so did Abner. I felt so bad that they want to start some type of cyberbullying campaign because I understand that the fans are, are, are rough. But, but you know what? You don't have to be cruel. You don't have to make people feel so horrible. Uh, I'll admit, two years ago when I got inducted into the yeah. California Boxing Hall of Fame, I spent almost a month mm-hmm. depressed out of all the, memes, all the memes that this guy made of me. And then what, what made it worse were I went through every well, single comment. Especially the... Uh, yeah, they, you know... And I'm not afraid to say it. Fino boxing. I'm the one that told her, you belong yeah. in front of the camera. Come with me. Come to, yeah. come to Supreme. 
I'm, I'm going to help you. And I brought them. She brought her husband. You know, I, I saw talent and I'm like, okay, you know, mm-hmm. do this. And then, you know, we, we should all have some type of solidarity to help boxing. I understand, you know, we, it didn't work out between us. You do your own thing. I do my own thing. But hey, there's no need to be enemies because at the end of the day, if we all unite is what's going to yeah. help boxing grow. You know, but the problem is that there's so many people that hate on each other. And, and, it, and it even happened with you and I, Sulem, and we never really talked about it. But there's always people that, well, maybe they'll tell me things and maybe they'll tell you things. And you and I never talk about it. And then we just stopped talking to each other. I think we did stop talking we, to we each other for, for some time. We stopped for a little bit and then we addressed you know? it and it was all good, you know? I think we just have to all put on our, our big and girl then, pants on and, you know, <laughs> put it aside. Definitely. But... And at the end of the day, uniting is what's going to help this sport grow. But Sulem, what's going to help women's boxing grow right now when we come back you know, to boxing? I believe uh, USA is barely playing catch-up to women's boxing compared to other countries. Because in other countries, women are on mm-hmm. TV. And, you know, the mm-hmm. women's boxing in the USA stopped for quite some time. You know, we had, we had uh, Lucia Riker and... Uh, Christy Martin and Layla Lee on, on TV back but that was many years ago and then all of a sudden it just stopped so what's gonna mm-hmm. make the difference is hopefully these big promotional groups like Matchroom, like Golden Boy, like Top Rank keep putting the ladies on the major cards and giving them TV spots that's gonna make the difference because a lot of people don't give us the opportunity because they don't see us so when these big promotional groups mm-hmm. put us out there you know we have to be matched up fairly good fights for the fans to enjoy and um that's gonna help us out a lot and us as fighters we can't just sit there and just be in the gym of course you have to be in the gym and you have to be mm-hmm. ready that's that's your number one priority but you also have to make yourself marketable you have to do the legwork you have to go out and meet your community do things for the community you know be out there because if not nobody's going to get to know you and, and inside the ring and inside the ring yep. perform that's that's the that's the number one priority train to perform but you have to do also stuff outside the ring it's not just the ring you know you have to go out there and speak and be known All right and i love michaela meyer she's she's awesome but I really think it's messed up that Top Rank, who is a company that I love. That's where I started. That's where I started my boxing career. They only have one woman signed. One yeah. woman signed. It's, I, I don't know. I, I don't understand it either. And and I hope Michaela opens the doors. You know, she's performing and she's performing well. And I hope she's, you know, able to talk to them and to get more women signed and and that's what's going to help us. We all need to help each other. We need to be thankful for the women that have been there before us, that have opened the doors for us. And we need to keep opening doors for the generations to come. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, I have to address this question because they did ask me uh, a few times. There's this guy from up north California, Moya Arts. Um, he's an artist. He wants to paint a portrait Is of you. Is it like a Titanic one, a naked one, or a normal one? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Either one, I'm in. Make sure. <laughs> You're in. He's, she's in. She's in. <laughs> all, the, all the little girls. Uh, I'm sure you've gone through a, to a lot of amateur sh- shows, Sulem. You have, I mean, your husband trains a lot of amateurs. What's what's an important message you would give to all those little girls don't get discouraged be consistent you know there will be a lot of amateur shows growing up that you go to you weigh in and you don't get a fight it doesn't matter you have to stay consistent keep keep your eyes on the prize that whatever whether it's an olympic gold medal whether it's a world championship one day you know sometimes you simply don't get fights so you take those sparring sessions and you think of them as fights you learn from them and that those are going to be your fights for a long time but you can't get discouraged because you don't fight you have to keep your mind open and know that that's just how it is and it'll keep picking up if you give up then you're 
taking away from what could be helping the next generation. How do you want Sulem Urbina to be remembered one I day? I want people to know that Sulem Urbina, whether she became a world champion or whatever happens in her boxing career, she gave it 100%. She did everything she could to follow her dreams. And uh, she always had a smile on her face and she always loved performing for everybody. A message to your fans. I, I appreciate you all very much. I'm, I'm grateful for you. And because of you guys, I'm, you know, I'm, my career's going farther and farther. And if it wasn't for you guys, I really don't know um, what would happen with me because promoters wouldn't put me on cards. <laughs> so thank you very much for <laughs> following my, my career. And, and I appreciate you. And I hope that you guys can all support more women coming up. And before, you know, and we spoke about this in the beginning, before the coronavirus came to the U.S. because it started in China, which I was on my way to China, and I don't know if a lot of people know, but I didn't go because the fight was canceled with Jose Ramirez. Um, your career was it was, it's always been a great career, but it was going to the direction that you envisioned at one point in your life and I really and I really think it's still gonna go there and I can't wait to see you at Dignity Health at T-Mobile at MGM at all these places that you deserve to be mm, at thank Sula. you I just I I believe I, I I don't know I think God has more important things to do than boxing but I I really feel that <laughs> he ha he's with me every step of the way um, I believe that for some reason or another he things happen for me at the right time and I'm patient and I'm happy and I have faith and I'm in a good place right now where I feel happy and you know whatever happens I'm ready Sulem you're a hero to a lot of little girls and even to me, I can honestly say I admire you so much, not only as a boxer, but as a human being, as the daughter you are to your mom, as the wife that you are to your husband, the boxer, the friend. You're there for everybody. I, I, yeah, I'm pretty sure you answer all your DMs because yeah, <laughs> you are that type of person. And I know great things are coming to you. And I seriously can't wait till that belt goes around I, your waist. I envision myself with that belt. I see myself with that belt. And I know I'm going to get that belt. And um, I'm, I'm very happy that you're my friend, Nancy. And I appreciate everything that you do for boxers. You know, you don't really make anything off of this. You enjoy doing this. And this is why you do it. And you have a really nice heart. And I appreciate that. The fact that, you know, every every time you post me, everything, every little thing that you do, I appreciate it because I know it comes from a good place. And I know you're only trying to help myself and other women in the sport. Thank you, Sulem. It means a lot. It means a lot. And stay, Reno, stay safe with your family. I hope you're able to see your parents. I haven't seen my parents. I, I miss them like crazy. Oh, man. I just, I I just pray that this nightmare is over soon and that we're all healthy and we're all able to go back to our normal lives and we learn not to take anything for granted, you know. Now, I'm pretty sure we're going to value that trip to, really the, to the grocery store a lot more. <laughs> seriously, seriously. I mean, I, I, I don't know if people, and I'm going to say this really quick, My it's, it's taken my sister 11 years to get pregnant. 11 years of miscarriages wow. and so much stuff and you know she found out she was pregnant around February and it was through because they thought she had a miscarriage it ended up not being a miscarriage I was in Vegas I was in the flight to go see her and uh, and a lot of people say well why don't you just go to your parents I can't I'm not gonna risk my sister's pregnancy because yeah. I want to see my parents I, I you know what I mean so, so I'm alone with my kids and 
and I, I miss everybody. I miss boxing. I miss all my friends. I miss everyone. But but I'm I have faith. I, I do have faith that everything's gonna be fine. Yeah. So, I mean that's that's the best thing we can do is have faith and try to stay home and just keep positive. Don't watch the news because you will go crazy and stay positive. The one thing, Sulem, and I think you and I will agree on this. I hope we all come out of this as better people. Let's hope. I I hope we have a better outlook in life and, you know, that we have a lot of more value to all the little things in life, to being able to help our parents on weekends, to being able to see our friends, everything, and that we're just kind to one another and we're not greedy and uh, we treat each other great because everybody's (laughs) greedy right now. In panic mode, the greed comes out and that's not good but you also see a lot of people you know being nice and buying groceries for other people so that's very nice yeah i just left some roses on my neighbor's uh, door i mm-hmm. told her through the window i said miss paul i left you some roses and on your doorstep because today she made me a, a beautiful um little decoration for my door and i was like oh my gosh you know there's still good people out there there there's is a, a lot, lot of good, good people, people and and I mean, that's what that's what we need. We need more of the good people and everybody yeah. to just be kind to one another and it's going to change the world. For sure. Thank you so much, Sulem, for all of your time. You know, we went over the hour, but we can't wait to see. <laughs> we can't wait. To, we can go on. We have a lot more stories. We didn't even touch the Philippines. <laughs> but uh, next time, next time. But uh, but thank you so much. We look forward to seeing you in the ring again. And make sure you're following her at Sulem Urbina. Tell them your Twitter and your Facebook. And if you have a TikTok I and have a TikTok Snapchat. or Snapchat. I'm... Okay, you need to do I... TikTok because I, I I posted a ceviche video just, and it went viral. I don't understand that. I'm like so low tech. I'm old. <laughs> I'll tell my I'll tell my nine year old to teach you. TikTok or, and I have a Snapchat, but I don't even use it because I felt like I never knew who the heck was messaging me, and I just I don't get it. But Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, mm-hmm. I'll keep it simple at Sulemurbina, and I'm I always do my best to answer everybody. So message me and everything. Awesome! Thank you so much for your time, Sulem. And we look forward to, again. We look forward to seeing you in the ring, and I, I'm pretty sure that that it's going to be some of the fights that. Oh, the definitely, they're going to be good fights. And thank you for having me, Nancy. It's always a pleasure. And we look forward to your outfits because those <sighs> outfits know, are they, dope. They're going to help me pick my next uh, bikini for my next weigh-in, and then yeah. Ask them. That's <laughs> right now's a good time to ask. <laughs> okay, Salem. Thank you so much, and thank we look you. forward Stay to your blessed. next fight. Okay, take Bye-bye. care. It's-